A different perspective, a new insight into life, a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, and maybe an amusement for you. Welcome to From My Standpoint, a twice a month podcast with your host, Josh C. Jones. Colored people are like human weeds and are to be exterminated. A paraphrase of Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood. Sorry, I tried to do a woman's voice, but it just didn't work out. I need more practice in that. Put on your life jacket of free and independent thought, which is only provided by natural right, and inflate your pumps with the breath of the creator and fill the tank with independence and buckle up in the wave craft of liberty and get ready to ride the waves of political incorrectness on the sea of free speech as our perceptions get tossed about and hopefully we will all arrive on the shores of truth together. Is it acceptable? Part two, abortion. Let's have a brief logical exploration, shall we? I mean, it's all over the news and social media, so I want to briefly talk about these topics, if I may. And what are they, you may be asking? Uh, foundation, abortion, Planned Parenthood, Roe versus Wade, and your choice. Now, our decisions will always be based on the values and standards and morals we have allowed to be cultivated in our lives from the foundation we have chosen to build our life upon. And we can, by our choosing, always change that foundation. And if we are not careful and rooted deep in a firm, a solid and firm foundation, we can be swept away. Now, as I say in my podcast, From My Standpoint, in episode 53, Is It Acceptable? Part 1, we all have a God in which we trust and worship. This God will be your foundation. So, who is your God? Now, Joseph Stalin once said, One death is a tragedy, but a million is only a statistic. More than 8.9 million, and that is just an estimate of what is known. But 8.9 million does not even get a glance from most people. It is just a number. It's just a statistic. And I've also read that historians have listed about 34 genocides that occurred during the 20th century. However, if we counted babies in this list, then Planned Parenthood would actually be listed as number four. But again, it's not a tragedy. Mm -mm, It's only a statistic. And speaking of statistics... Did you know that according to Planned Parenthood, and uh, you look this up, less than 1% of the abortions they perform are for rape or incest. Hmm. Planned Parenthood, as I've correctly heard it said, and if you do the research, you would see why I said correctly, people don't need Planned Parenthood, but Planned Parenthood needs people to make money. In 2019, they made an estimated $500,000 plus per day on abortions alone. And since 1995, they have brought in nearly $12 billion of taxpayer money from the federal government. You really should read up on this, and the supposed 3%. Also, did you know that there are also about 13,000 health center sites that offer the very same services as Planned Parenthood, with the exception of abortions? They don't offer that. And an interesting fact here, it was listed that as of 2016, an estimated one in six pregnancies were aborted. That means a little over 16% of the newborn population was eliminated. And according to a study from the Annals of Health Law in 2014, the prevalence of forced abortion is an especially disturbing trend in sex trafficking. In this study, it talked about what survivors of this horrific evil of sex trafficking said, and they said the traffickers made them have a lot of contact with these types of facilities. Most often, it was Planned Parenthood facilities because, as they said, they didn't ask any questions. Now, that was very interesting to me. 
As we all should know by now, Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger, who by her own mouth, she pushed for abortions through eugenics and advocated for the very same things as the Nazis did with their T4 program. Interesting. You should really research that, too. And research what Dr. Alveda King says about it and Mar Margaret Sanger. It's really interesting. But I will say one thing, though, that uh, Dr. Alveda King said, and that was, quote, abortion and racism are both symptoms of a fundamental human error. The error is thinking that when someone stands in the way of our wants, we can justify getting that person out of our lives. Ouch. That's a big ouch from her. But then again, that is just her words, though. That's just her words, because we all get to choose for ourselves which king we will follow. No pun intended. And as the opening quote stated from Margaret Sanger, colored people are like human weeds are going to be exterminated. Remember, that's a paraphrase. It's not the exact wording of her statements, because she did not just include colored people, but the poor, the handicapped, the minorities, immigrants, those with deformities, and more. But it grabbed your attention, didn't it? And if you actually read her works, you will find that that statement, although not her exact wording, is true. And it is, by her own writings, one of her intentions. You really should research her stuff. It's really interesting. And, um, yeah. And as one woman who had an abortion claimed in the book Why Pro-Life, Caring for the Unborn and Their Mothers, quote, I could feel the baby being torn apart from my insides. It was really painful. Three quarters of the way through the operation, I sat up. In the cylinder, I saw the bits and pieces of my little child floating in a pool of blood. I screamed and jumped off the table. I just couldn't stop throwing up. Really interesting. Because the truth is wilder than fiction. And it's estimated that about 79% of all Planned Parenthood abortion clinics are located near one of two communities, Hispanic and Black. Hmm. I just found that, like, really interesting. Now, as I say in my book, Volume 2, Your Foundation in Action, and all this next part is in that book, quote, Now, I understand that there can be some exceptions when it comes to the value of life, such as a demented murderer, someone who continually chooses to take the life of others for their own wicked and personal gain. These exceptions, however, I do believe, are dependent upon the choices of the person living that life and cannot properly or honestly be considered exceptions until that life has had the chance to live and make such choices. Will they be allowed the opportunity to the very same quote-unquote right to choose if their life will be good or evil? What do you choose to evaluate someone else's life upon? We're not talking about the life itself determining its own value. We then, once again, are talking about something that can and most likely will be considered biased and subjective. What one views as having worth, having importance, having value, another may not. And potential is the possibility of the unknown future. It is not guaranteed, nor is it anything but a hypothetical opinion. When we assume to know the true potential... We are declaring ourselves clairvoyant, and this greatly increases the potential to, as the cliched goes, make an ass out of you and me. However, whatever basis we choose to judge a life or a potential life upon, we are not only speaking that moral code into our lives and into our children if we allow them to be born, but we become living testimonies of that judgment, of that supposed moral code to the next generation. Think about that. We are not only speaking that moral code into our lives, but we become living testimonies of that judgment, of that supposed moral code to the next generation. And so what did your mother allow you to do? To be born. She allowed your life to have value.
right? Maybe we should all think about that. Yeah, you really should research the procedures for abortion. I write about it a little bit in my book, Volume 2, Your Foundation in Action. In the chapter about the value versus quality of life, but my goodness. And here's a warning for y'all, though. If you have a weak stomach, then you might not want to research that stuff. Anyway, as for Roe versus Wade, I've seen it stated that overturning it would violate a woman's right to abortion, but I have yet to find where in the Constitution it gives them anyone this right. Also, I thought, what if we applied some logical reasoning to what we have been told to believe and accept by, and sometimes it would seem, most who support this? So first, there is no difference between a man and a woman. Anyone can be any other one or any various version of gender recently created. Okay. So if this is true and a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man and both can choose to be any of the other seemingly never-ending gender categories, that uh, how can we claim a woman's right? There is no woman. Not if all are and can be a woman at any given point, unless we claim all are women and thus give all the right to decide. And this explains the next one, I think, a little bit. Secondly, we can't define what a woman is. If we can't define what a woman is, then how can we claim to fight for women? And thirdly, we are told this is a woman's choice and men should not speak of it or have a voice in the matter. And that would go for me. A lot of people would say that about me. But we are also told that men can be women and that men can also get pregnant and have babies. I'm still not quite sure how they can claim either one of those statements and believe we cannot define what a woman is and also believe anyone can be one of the thousands of genders now available to choose on paper. But if men can be women and can now have babies as well, then should they not also be able to speak of it and have a voice in this matter? Shouldn't we claim all are women and all have the right to decide? I don't know. Then again, if, if all are women, then there is no toxic masculinity to worry about because there are no men, right? And if there are no men because all are women, then it doesn't take sperm and an egg to make a baby because there are no men. Unless, unless we can pretend, but we can't actually change the biology of how God created us in that way. Hmm. Oh well. Fourth, then there is the my body, my choice claim. If it is my body, my choice, then should we not also apply that to everyone for all so-called medical reasons? This claim, however, I think was proven null and void during the pandemic. Fifth, science has advanced far beyond where we were when this case was first made. If we are to, as prominent figures, and so many people have repeated over the last two or so years, quote-unquote, trust the science, then why not begin by walking the walk here? And did you know that the heartbeat is actually detected just 22 days after conception? Now, that was very interesting when I stumbled across that. And in about six weeks, science can record the baby's brain activity. Now, I remember reading a quote that was so blatantly obvious, but also insightful, to some at least. And it was, I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. In the end... All this is the individual's choice of what to accept, what to believe, and what foundation they will build their life and choices upon. But if your chosen foundation is not absolute, then as George Washington said, if to please the people we offer what we ourselves disapprove, how can we afterwards defend our work? Let us raise a standard to which the wise and honest can repair. The event is in the hand of God. 
Can you logically, rightfully, ethically, or morally justify what you approve of and defend your policies no matter the year, culture, society, climate, political atmosphere, etc., and do so without changing yesterday, today, and forever? We all have a, a God in which we trust and worship. This God will be our foundation. So who is your God? That is a choice you must make. However, if you want to know, my God is the God of the Holy Bible. Your God may be a lowercase God, lowercase G-O-D, as in yourself, your political party, and yes, 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 politics is some people's God. Your God might be government, or a man, or a golden image, or any other thing you make the center of your life and the basis for your foundation, which will produce the fruit of your morals and values and standards. It will be firm and stay the same, or it will be weak and fluctuate based on the times. There is a God of heaven and a God of this world in which all the others serve. You get to choose, but you cannot serve two kings. None of us can. And for the churches and those who say they believe in God and the Holy Bible and Jesus, he is very clear on his stance with this debate. I mean, just look it up in Jeremiah, Galatians, Isaiah, Job, Psalm, and many other chapters, and research Baal and Molech. But he has given us all free will to choose for ourselves whom we will listen to, whom we will trust, and who we will serve with our decisions in this life. Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. Is it acceptable? It's your choice to make. This has been From My Standpoint, a podcast to find a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, encouraging and enlightening insight, entertaining a new perspective, and providing an amusement for you. We hope you were entertained, encouraged, enlightened, and enjoyed the show.